Hey everybody, welcome to the Fast Pass Finders Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Long, and I'm with my lovely wife, Miranda. Hi, everybody. We're going to be bringing you our first ever full episode here. Um, Got some great topics to talk about, just kind of looking forward to the year ahead concerning the Disney parks. Going to be bringing you our top five rankings for Disney movies from the past year, as well as just an overview of those movies, and we'll be looking forward to your comments and suggestions as we move forward into the new calendar year. So comment away, like on all our social media pages. All that fun stuff. Okay, now we're going to go into a segment that I know we've both been looking forward to for quite some time. The movie year in review for Disney movies. 2018 was a huge year for Disney, though there were some hidden misses. Black Panther, obviously, was one of the biggest hits of all time, and a shocker to a lot of people, coming at $700 million and a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Then, a couple months later, Wrinkle in Time was a bit of a disappointment in the box office, with only $100 million and a 42% rating. I wonder why. <laughs> There's... Plenty we can talk about there. <laughs> However, Disney bounced back with Infinity War, which I think everybody expected to do huge numbers with $678 million domestic and made over $2 billion in the global box office with an 84% Rotten Tomato rating. A couple weeks later, Solo A Star Wars Story came in at just $213 million, well below any previous Disney Star Wars movie, and a 70% Rotten Tomato rating. But they were able to follow it up with over $600 million for Incredibles 2 and a 94% rating, which seemed to be a pretty successful sequel to the movie that came out, what, almost 15 years ago now? Yeah. Then Ant-Man and the Wasp came in at $216 million and an 88% rating. And I think, I know for me personally, it was a little bit better, I'd say, than the original. I have to disagree with you. I really like the original, so it was hard to top that. Okay, fair enough. But I think most people would agree Ant-Man and the Wasp proved to be a pretty good sequel. It definitely was. Christopher Robin then came in at $100 probably a little bit lower than Disney was expecting, but 72% and overall did fairly well. Nutcracker in the Four Realms was a couple months later at just $54 and 34% Rotten Tomato rating, though I do know a few people that enjoyed that movie more than expected. Ralph Breaks the Internet came out over Thanksgiving at $175 million in the box office, still in theaters, I believe, and is at 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then just this past two weeks was Mary Poppins Returns. It's, I believe it just crossed $100 million today and is currently setting at 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. So with that, we're going to go into... Our top five rankings, this is just our opinions. Um, I think our lists are going to be very different here. I am very excited to see what you put down. And uh, please, we would be happy to hear from you guys and see what what movies you have in your top fives and what you would change from our rankings. So, uh, you want to start or should I? Um, go for it. Okay, so, at number five, I actually have, this was really tough for me, but I have Christopher Robin. Um, wanted to throw Ant-Man and the Wasp in here, but knocked it out a little bit because I just, 
I love Ewan McGregor and I love Jim Cummings in that movie too much. I think they might be my favorite performances of the year by anybody. Ewan McGregor was so much fun as Christopher Robin. I don't know if it was necessarily the greatest plot for the movie. Um, there's a few moments, especially at the beginning of the movie, that I wish would hit me a little bit more emotionally, but by the end of the movie, I just fell in love with his portrayal of Christopher Robin and his relationship with Pooh being played by Jim Cummings. I loved that movie so much. Um, I connected with it because I'm a huge fan of the old Pooh, so all of the score, all of the little, um, the hidden features within the movie really struck a chord with me because it was a callback to the original that I love so much. And I think that's what's funny to me, and this is why I wanted to throw it in my rankings, was I do not care for the originals that much. I, I'm not a big Winnie the Pooh fan. However, Outrageous. I, I know, I know. But I appreciate Jim Cummings and everything he does, and obviously, as a huge Star Wars nerd, I am a big fan of Ewan McGregor, and I just, it, this movie really connected with me, and I didn't expect much from it going into it. So with that, how about your number five? My number five is Avengers Infinity War. Um, I enjoyed this movie. Um, it's number five, spoiler alert, for a gut punch. Um, it was very intense, but I loved the acting. I loved the interactions between the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. Um, I thought that was very well done, and I'm really excited to see what they do with the sequel to all of this. I'm very, very excited for Endgame. It'll be... I know we just got the first teaser a couple weeks ago. I'm curious to see where they go with things. I I'm, I'm, you know we both have our own ideas for where they're going to go with it. And I will leave it at that because, spoiler, I may or may not be talking about this movie more in a few minutes. So with that, we'll go to my number four, which is a good tie-in to Infinity War in Black Panther. I know Black Panther, a lot of people will put it as their top movie of the year. It was definitely a key moment and movie for the African-American community. It was a key moment for the MCU. Um, I absolutely love Chadwick Boseman's performance. I'm Honestly, I really enjoy Andy Serkis' performance in that movie. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's my favorite villain in that movie. Um, I know people really love Killmonger, but Andy Serkis' performance was just a ton of fun to me, and I kind of wish he wouldn't have died halfway through. Overall, I think I, I think it was a fantastic movie. To me, there are some things in the third act that I'm not as huge of a fan of, which is why it only comes at number four in my rankings. But overall, I think it's impossible not to at least put it as one of the most important films of the year. It didn't rank for me only because I feel like I've seen that movie before in The Lion King, and I feel like I'm about <laughs> to see it again this year. Um, I think the sets and the acting and their choice of actors and actresses for that movie was incredible. Um, I, I enjoy Lion King, so I enjoy the story. I just, I like to see new things and I like to see Disney expand and try different things. So while I agree with a lot of what you're saying, the one thing I will say is... I really enjoyed the soundtrack in that movie. 
it yes. they went they went way different with the soundtrack from any movie I've ever seen before, and I thought that makes it stand out in a way that I was not expecting going into it. With that, should we go to your number four? My number four was Christopher Robin. Um, again, I love Winnie the Pooh, and I love all the callbacks, the score, that scene when Pooh like. He knocks over the honey and he crawls into his bed. I was crying because of the music. And Christopher Robin's just standing there. And it was just... It was... It pulled at my heartstrings. I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yep. Can't argue with that whatsoever. Well, let's go into our number three, which I believe is the same. Oh my so gosh. So we should have plenty to talk about here. Yeah. In Ralph Breaks the Internet. I... I just thought this was the perfect sequel to the first. I think it really builds upon the characters that we fell in love with in the first movie. And honestly, I think it's the most emotional I've felt in any movie this year. Which cracks me up. <laughs> it's... I, there's something about the way they bring those characters to life. When I think about the Wreck-It Ralph movies, I picture these characters as live action in my head. They somehow are are able to just bring this universe to life in a way that connects with me more so than almost any Disney film. I have to give a huge shout-out to Alan Menken and his piece called Slaughter Race. I laughed so much when Vanellope started singing that song. We should put a spoiler alert in here because we're talking about these things a lot. But, um... I am so happy to see Slaughter Race and In This Place on top charts on iTunes. I am so proud of Alan Menken. <laughs> it's, it's so good. The music is really well done in that movie, and it fits the movie perfectly. They don't try to... They don't try to... Some people would say Disneyify it, but... They, they don't try to turn it into something it isn't. Instead, they're able to play on, hey, we know... We know that this movie can get goofy at times. We know that these characters can be a little hardcore or a little... or more emotional than typical characters for... I mean, Ralph is one of the most emotional, giant, muscular guys you can find in the Disney universe. And they know their characters so well that they're able to play off of those themes in a great way. I also want to say the cameos in that movie were fantastic. Oh my gosh. Um, I choked up just hearing Jodie Benson's voice on the big screen. I can't explain what it meant to me to see Ariel again. The the princesses are great. <laughs> Anthony Daniels being in it for a brief moment to see 3PO is a hilarious moment. I, I just... I, I don't have enough good things to say about this movie. Alright, number two? Number two, I think, is also the same. Oh, yeah. So... There's a lot we can talk about here. So at number two, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story. I think we both agree this is one of our favorite Star Wars films ever. This is my number one at the moment. <laughs> it's it, I'm, I'm shocked to see the Rotten Tomatoes score at 70%. I know a lot of people that are both in the boat of... They absolutely love this movie, and I know a lot of people that are in the boat of they haven't even seen it because they feel spurned by previous Star Wars editions. Um, I could go on a long rant about the marketing in this movie. I think it was honestly some of the poorest marketing that Disney has ever done. I don't think the trailer's very good. I still cannot believe that they put this movie out. 
in May, right after Infinity War, instead of keeping it in the December spot. There's plenty of issues with the marketing, but the movie as a whole might be some of my favorite performances in all of Star Wars. It's just the core of being a fun adventure film. And I'm really hoping to see Alden Ironreich and Donald Glover reprise the roles of Han and Lando again. Yeah. It gave me a new appreciation for Chewie, too. Um, it it gave him a backstory for me and kind of let me create one for him, which I loved. Um, I love Alden Ironreich as Solo. I love the old Star Wars movies, and I am a huge Han Solo fan. Um, we've talked about this before, too, but if you are okay. a huge Solo fan, you need to see this movie. Um, I had reservations because I love Harrison Ford, and when I watched those trailers, I felt the way a lot of people feel is, oh, that's not my solo. But Alden Ironreich embraces this role, and you need to understand that this is supposed to be before A New Hope. This is a much younger Han Solo than we've ever seen before. This is his backstory. So this is him transitioning into that smuggler that we know and love from the old trilogy. Exactly, and I think he does a great job of playing, paying homage to Harrison Ford, but he absolutely makes this role his own, and yes. that's what's so important. I also want to give a shout-out to Jonas. I think Jonas has done an amazing job stepping in as Chewbacca for Peter Mayhew. Um, he's also just one of the nicest guys I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Jonas, if you're listening, you still owe me a game of basketball, and... Uh, I think that's all I got. Is there anything else you'd like to add about Solo? No. I mean, we could go on, but that would be a whole other episode. Yes, absolutely. Well, I will go into my number one then, and as I teased earlier, it is Avengers Infinity War. I have not seen it as many times as Solo. I probably won't watch it as much as Solo just because of how big of a Star Wars fan I am. But I think this was the biggest and best movie of the year for Disney because they were able to bring the largest cast of stars together in a movie I've ever seen and make it work. I don't, I don't think people understand how difficult that is to do. There are so many movies that if you just throw a ton of Hollywood stars in there, they don't get along on the set, they can't make it work on the set, there's just too many threads going on in the plot, and there's so many of those movies that bomb once they hit the box office. And I know that there's... Some complaints that can be made about Infinity War. I understand that there's some plot holes in it. But some of the interactions of that movie are some of my favorite moments in the MCU. I think Cap is incredible in that movie. I think Thor absolutely steals the show at times. His interactions with the Guardians of the Galaxy are some of the funniest moments I can remember in any MCU film. Uh, Tom Holland as Peter Parker, mm -hmm. I think, is my has already become my favorite Peter Parker. Yeah. And this is only, he's had, what, one Spider-Man movie, and this was his second Avengers appearance? Yeah. Or I guess the other one was Civil War. So his third appearance in the MCU, and he is just, I'm absolutely falling in love with Tom Holland as this Peter Parker. Uh, I, I can't stop talking about Infinity War, and I am so excited for Endgame coming out in a few months. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. My number one is Mary Poppins Returns. This movie was a huge callback to the original that I know and love. I had similar reservations to this movie um, as I did for Solo, in that Julie Andrews is my Mary Poppins. I didn't want anyone else to play her. 
I was slightly angry in the back of my mind when I saw Emily Blunt on screen. Like, in my mind, there was no way you could replace the old one. When I went into the theater and the credits started rolling and Lin-Manuel Miranda came out and sang his song, I was already in this movie. When Emily Blunt came on screen, I was like, that's Mary Poppins. I lost all reservation. I was in this movie. Um, the music was good. Um, I'm still having trouble with comparing it to the original. I don't think anything can top Sherman Brothers. However, the score in Returns is the same as the original. There's Feed the Birds, there's Let's Go Fly a Kite, there's all these callbacks that bring you back to the original. And it was its own movie, it was a different story to tell. Um, I feel like Mary Poppins was dealing with a different generation. It's not the same story as the original. It's not Mary Poppins comes, teaches Mr. Banks to spend more time with his kids. This is a different generation. This is a different story. This is her dealing with tougher kids in a tougher situation, helping this family out when they need it most. Yeah, and I, I think people need to appreciate how difficult this, this is for Disney to bring yes. Mary Poppins back. You don't, you're not going to reach a lot of the people who saw the original in theaters because it's, it's been an awfully long time. You're also, you're going to have a hard time connecting with a brand new audience because not everybody, not everybody even knows what the first Mary Poppins was or has seen the first Mary Poppins well, and they're not going to be able to connect to this movie because yeah. it's not, it's not a 2020, it's not a 2019 film. This is, this is a movie set back in the 50s, back in the 60s, for, with kids who have to deal with a nanny. Like, that's not even something that we really even think of as much these days. I think it's a really hard movie to sell. However, I think they did an incredible job with it. I don't have the connection to the original as you do, so it's amazing to hear that you actually got that Mary Poppins feel from Emily yeah. Blunt immediately on screen. For me, I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda absolutely steers the show in this he movie. He was amazing. Um, I don't have enough good things to say about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I am so excited to see what, what projects he's in next. I would like to see him act more. Yeah. I thought his acting in this movie was fantastic. Obviously, his job as a songwriter, um, is he's been incredible in many, many Disney movies now. Yep. And I'm excited to see where they go with him moving forward. So with that, I think that wraps up our movies ranking. Is there anything else you would like to add this week? Nope. I just hope that people go out and see Mary Poppins. It's been a little hard to get a seat in theaters, but if you can go, you, you have to go. If you're a Disney fan, you need to see Mary Poppins. Yes, absolutely. And please go go support Disney. Go support Mary Poppins with this. It's It'll be well worth your time. Bring your entire family. It's a great movie for the family. And with that, I hope you guys leave comments. Let us know what movies would have made your rankings. Um, let us know what you disagree with. And we look forward to interact with you guys more. And Have a magical day. Have a magical day. Have a magical new year. And uh, visit Disney Parks 20 in this upcoming 2019. Thanks, guys.